John chapter 20. We're going to begin in verse 19. And maybe we can read together. It's a lot of reading, so let's share in the reading. Amen. John chapter 20. We'll start in verse 19. I'll start in 19. You'll read 20. And we'll continue to alternate until we get to the end. And we'll read the last and final verse, which is verse 31. We'll read it together. Amen. I hear Bible pages turning. That's always a good thing. You didn't totally convert over to new school, so that's real good. Because, you know, new school is we just hit the iPad or we just hit the phone or we do the overhead. But for those of you that still carrying that, that, that book, that you turn the pages, I'm proud of you. Amen. I got my page. I got my thing right here. I love it. Hallelujah. John chapter 20. Verse number 19, the word of the Lord says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, I'll start over. I just, it just certain as I read the Bible, man, it just speaks to me. Lord, help us. It says the same, it says, then the same day at evening, 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 being the first day of the week. How can evening be the first day of the week. I'm just telling you, I, I just tell you, I love the word of God. Remember, I told you what they do in the Middle East, the Jews, how they do. Their days start at 6 p.m., 6.01 p.m. That's when their days start. Our days start 12.01 a.m., but their day starts 6.01 p.m. So Saturday evening at 6.01 p.m. is when Sunday comes for them. That's the first day of the week for them. Never forget that. And I, it was amazing when I was in Jerusalem, I saw that. So Friday evening at 6.01 starts the Sabbath, and the place gets quiet. Nothing is moving. No transportation. The roads are just nothing going on. Only people that's moving in Jerusalem at 6.01 on a Friday evening are people that are not Jews. It's the only thing that moves. Elevators are programmed to stop at every floor. They don't even touch the button on the elevator. That's 6.01 on a Friday evening. And then 6.01 on Saturday is like a madhouse. You're like, what happened? Buses are driving. Things are going. Horns are honking. Elevators are moving. And you're like, okay, I got it now. So just so you know, when you read the Bible and it's, it's telling you evening and, 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 and you're saying evening the first day, that's what it's telling you. So let me go back to reading. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, somebody say shut, where the disciples were assembled, were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. I'm glad he said peace be unto them because it says the doors were shut and he entered into the house. So he better say peace. Come Oh, what is this? How do you get in here when everything is locked up? But when he said peace be unto you, he was identifying himself. It's me. Don't worry. Go ahead. You read verse 20. Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you, as my father had sent me, even so send I you. They didn't receive the Holy Ghost at that time, but they did eventually receive the Holy Ghost. 
whosoever sin you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sin you retain, they are retained. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. <laughs> Don't Jesus have a sense of humor? <laughs> 27. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither my hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen me and yet have believed. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his Jesus, your word is already established. It's already, oh God, done what you have already spoken. And so, Lord, today I pray that you will speak to our heart. And that, God, every question that we have deep within, that you will give us an answer today and that you will point us in the direction you want us to go. I pray, Lord God, hearts will be lifted. And I pray that the people of God will experience the glorious presence of God. I pray, my Lord Jesus, that today we will have an encounter with you, never ever to be the same again, but that thy kingdom will be manifested and thy will will be done in this place. Lord, allow me to speak as your oracle. Move me into the flow of your spirit and allow me, O oh God, to articulate according to thine will. Lord, let the word of God be imparted in the heart of your people that, Lord, we can come together for the sake of Christ and that, Lord, the will of God be done in our life. I pray for the demonstration of the power of God in this house today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There's a lot that was going on here as we read the scriptures. I just thought it was, this was some good reading. You know, one of the things I looked at and pointed out and just thought was, was, was amazing was in verse 25 where, where Jesus said, uh, where Thomas said, except I see in the hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. Thomas said, I will not believe. And I just want to throw this out real quick. Whether you believe or not doesn't make a difference. That's what Thomas said. Well, hey, I will not believe. But it doesn't matter if you believe or not whether it's true or not. It just means you choose not to believe. I've entitled this message today, The Blessedness of Faith. The Blessedness of Faith. The Blessedness of Faith. 
And this morning, Brother Kellerman opened our reading with the Hall of Fame of Faith, the, the, the chapter of Hebrews 11, and that just talks about faith, all the people that had faith. And so I thought, Lord, okay, I'm on track. We're on track. We're doing what you want us to do, and you're confirming your word with signs. <laughs> and so I want to talk to you a little bit about the blessedness of faith. And uh, I want you to kind of look at what's going on in the text that we just read. If you go back to verse number one in John chapter 20, you will see that was the day that Jesus rose. And when he rose, the first person to go and and check on him to see if he was still there was Mary. And Mary went to go check to see if Jesus was still there. She probably wanted to go and embalm and whatever she wanted to do, we don't know. But she was the first one to get on to, to get to the scene where he was laying. And when she got to the scene and realized that he was not there, then the first per, the next person she got she got to see and talk to was Peter and John because they were on their way there as well to see if Jesus was there. And so it starts out from that that place where the resurrection is now uh, taking place and they're trying to see what Jesus was up to. And so Jesus rose, Mary saw him, and she told John and Peter, and they went and assembled themselves. And they were in this room. And while they were all together, Jesus appeared. The doors were shut, the Bible says. And Jesus appeared. They thought it was a ghost. And Jesus knew in their knew their thinking and said, Peace be still. Peace, peace, peace unto you. And let them know it was not a ghost. So when the disciples told Thomas, they had seen Jesus. He refused to believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They must have staggered at Thomas' unbelief. I'm telling you, I saw Jesus. Whatever. Whatever you say. And Thomas probably was teasing them. Crazy people. They probably insist on how they had seen Jesus with their own eyes. You don't understand, Thomas. I saw him with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not just one of them was telling Thomas this, but all of them were saying, Thomas, with my own eyes, I've seen Jesus. They point out that, Thomas, if you would go back and look where he was laid in the sepulcher, he's no longer there. How much proof do you need, Thomas, that Jesus really rose from the grave and he is alive and well? Thomas probably thought, man, this is a conspiracy. You guys are trying to trick me. I love Jesus. I love the Lord. Every time I read this, I'm just like in amazement. And so Thomas doubted everything. And the Lord, in verse number 26, says this. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within. 
and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. This is the second time around. And stood in the midst of them <laughs> and said, peace. I think he's being funny. He's probably had a smirk on his face. Peace. That's what I would do. Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless but believing. And so, Thomas, follow this. Thomas, when Jesus first got with the disciples and began to speak to them to let them know he had risen as he said he would be, as he reasoned with them, Thomas was not there. And when they told, and then Jesus left, and then Thomas showed up eight days later, and they said, yo, dude, Jesus is risen for real, like he said. And Thomas was like, whatever. Unless I see him for myself, whatever. When Thomas said that to the disciples, Jesus was not present. So Thomas said whatever, and eight days later, the same situation. They're all together, but this time, Thomas was there. And the Bible says the doors were shut. And Jesus appeared, peace be unto you, with a smirk. And he didn't have any discussions. He said, Thomas, my hands, go ahead, touch it. Thomas, your hands, go ahead, touch it. And I just thought that was amazing that Jesus, the almighty God, decided that because one of the disciples doubted as a matter of fact, I would go as far as to say, because one of the disciples didn't have any faith. Uh, help me somebody this morning. Because one of the disciples did not have any faith, he decided, I'm not going to leave you in that state. He decided that because you, Thomas, you mean well. You're not saying this in a derogatory way. You meant well, but you still didn't have no faith. And he says, because you, Thomas, didn't have faith, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you to get some faith, Thomas. And so instead of Jesus leaving Thomas in the state where he was in, uh, guessing and wondering, is Jesus real? Is Jesus the Christ? Is Jesus who he says he is? Did he really raise from the dead? Instead of Jesus leaving Thomas uh, with all of those questions, uh, you know what he did? The same scenario presented itself, uh, and Jesus stepped right into the midst of them and said, Thomas. Thomas, Thomas. The Bible says Jesus is no respect of persons. And so today, you might have no faith. You might have a little, little bit and it's barely holding on because so many things has gone wrong and so many things has gone astray and you can't seem to understand everything that's going on and you're looking for answers and looking for solutions and looking for a better situation and you're yearning and you want this stuff and it's not happening and you're guessing, is Jesus really for me? Is Jesus really trying to help me? 
And I'm here to tell you this morning, if he went to that extreme to let Thomas know, oh, I rose from the grave, Thomas. If he went to that extreme to let Thomas know how real he is, I'm here to tell you today, Jesus will show you who he is. We don't have, God will not leave us any excuses. Oh, God, help me today. We can use any excuse we want to use at any point in time. But I'm here to tell you, this great God that we serve, this loving God that we serve, this amazing and all-powerful God that we serve, will leave us no excuse not to follow Him. Will leave us no excuse not to believe Him. If we choose to go our own way, it's not going to be because Jesus didn't show us. It's not going to be because Jesus didn't help us. It's going to be because we wanted to go our own way. He appeared the same way he appeared to the others when Thomas wasn't there. He appeared the same way. This time with Thomas being there. I tell you, Jesus is wonderful. I tell you, Jesus is is glorious. I, I, I can't say enough about our God. I can't say enough about how wonderful he is and how gracious he is. I just have to say, will we understand who he is and what he has done and what he's doing? Would we show our gratitude towards the Lord for how good he is and how wonderful he is and the things that he's doing? Oh God, I got to tell you, we have to stop frustrating ourselves by doing what we want. And God, being such a good parent, is saying, you're doing what you want, but I need you to do what I know is best. And I need you to follow me. I need you to obey me. I need you to have faith in me. Are you doing something that cause you to can't have faith in God or will you do something uh, that you can say I know God is with this and so because God is with this I can do this because I know I will have his support I know he will help me I know he will work on my behalf because God is for this Ah, somebody hear me this morning Let God talk to your heart. Let God talk to your heart. Let God speak to you. Let God tell you what He's telling you. Don't turn your back on Him. Don't, 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 don't say, God, you don't understand. Don't, don't do what you want to do, but do how God is directing you. God hate to see when we suffer for no purpose at all. God hate to see when we suffer when it's not concerning His will. God don't want any of us to suffer. Oh, the only suffering that God knows and understands that we will go through is the suffering for just believing and following Him at times when we get persecuted for following Him. But other than that, He doesn't want us to suffer for things that can be avoided. He doesn't want us to suffer for things that's meaningless. He doesn't want us to suffer for things that we don't have to suffer for. The blessedness of faith. 
Uh-huh. Let me tell you something. These men that's called disciples and eventually was called apostles, God was never going to leave them in a state of doubt. He was never going to leave them in a state of not knowing because they was going to help him to establish his church. Jesus will reveal his identity to you if you want to know it. It's one thing to give Thomas a hard time because really we can say, Thomas, how could you doubt? But give him some props too to say he wanted to know it for himself. He didn't want to just guess it. He didn't want to just speculate it. He wanted to know it for himself. And Jesus said, okay, Thomas, you're going to help me establish my church. And so I'm going to make sure you are equipped to understand who I am and what I can do. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you this? You get involved with Jesus and he will do things that he don't do for, for, for others. You get involved with Jesus, and he will show you things that he don't show others. He's not being a respectful person. It's just how he does, and that's how life really is. So our world has borrowed the format from Jesus. You know what they've borrowed? There are boardrooms and conference calls all across this world. Boardroom and conference calls going on, meetings going on all the time of what they like to say executives making decisions that you don't know about. Hmm? Right? So they're having these conference calls. They're having these board meetings. And you're a part of the company that, you know, these senior leaders are involved in and they're having these discussions on changes they're going to make and things that they're going to do. Do they have that conversation with you? Do they need your permission? Okay. They borrowed that hierarchy structure from Jesus. Remember Jesus, when he was here, he had 12 disciples, and he kind of broke that group down. Three of them was a little bit in the inner circle. Then the other nine was in the next circle. Then you had the 70, and then you had the more and the more and the more. That's his hierarchy structure that corporate America is using. And so, Jesus don't tell everybody everything, only the ones that get involved with him. And so a lot of times we're wondering, why can't I hear from God? Well, what you going to do with what you get from God? If God decides that he's going to share something with you, what you going to do with it? Just think about that. I need to hear from the Lord. Okay. Just say he do what he did to Thomas and just show up. Peace be unto you. You probably couldn't get past that part. <laughs> But my point is, what would he need to tell us if we're going to do nothing with it? And here is the story. Don't fool yourself and say, if he will tell me, then I'll do something. When Jesus called the disciples, they were doing something. Y'all got quiet on me. He didn't call people that were just chilling. He called the people that were engaged in doing something. And I guess Jesus, I'm guessing because I don't know. I'm guessing Jesus is saying, 
Okay, you're busy doing something. I'm going to let you be busy with the kingdom now. You, you, you're busy doing some other things, so you, you, you have good work habits. You have good, good habits of doing things, so I'm going to have you come and be on this side. He said he called them to be fishers of men. Cause they were, some of them were fishermen, fishing and selling the fish, and that's what they did. That was great. Jesus didn't go and call anybody that was saying, until you tell me something, I'm not moving. Got to think about that. He didn't call anybody that was just, until you tell me, Lord. Even Thomas, that says, until I see him for myself and put my finger. Thomas was one of the disciples, so he didn't get called doing nothing. He was doing something while he got called. So he had the right to say, you got to tell me something. You got to show me something because I'm part of the group. So if you get involved with Jesus, he's going to tell you things that he doesn't tell anybody else. If you get involved with Jesus, he's going to show you things that he doesn't show everybody else. When Thomas, when Jesus made Thomas obtain faith, that word believe, how it's used in that context, it's more about faith than believe. And I'm not here to try to give you um, understanding today about faith and belief because there are two different things I'm not going down that road i'm going down the road of faith and so when jesus made the determination that i'm not going to leave thomas in the state that he's in unbelief no faith he says i'm going to give him some faith i'm going to help him to obtain some faith and so he appeared and he showed thomas and thomas response was my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. For those of you that don't read deeper into the scripture, here's a little bit more depth to what Thomas was saying. He is really human and God. He is really human and God. Because who in the world can that happen to and they still raise up from the dead? And there's the proof that it's still him. It's him. It's him that came through the birth process of Mary. It's him that grew up and became this God-man. It's him and there's nobody else. And so he is human and God at the same time. He is man and deity at the same time. He is God and man at the same time he is God manifest in flesh that's who he is and that's what Thomas said and I'm here to tell you today if you want to obtain faith you have to understand that Jesus Christ is man and God at the same time he's not separate he's one he's man and God at the same time if you don't get that you don't have faith you need to have that. There's a reason why God manifested himself to Thomas. He needed Thomas to understand. He wanted Thomas to have faith. He wanted Thomas to know who he is. Oh, my God. Listen to me. You hear me say it whole, all the time. If you can understand what Thomas got a chance to understand, that the almighty God who sat on the throne, who was the invisible God that made himself visible by coming in flesh, if you can understand that, that he 
came unto his own, and his own received him not. If you can understand that he came into this world to save us, but what we did was was, was crucify him, was persecute him, and he died for our sins, and he rose from the grave, and he was alive forevermore. If we can understand that, here's the question. What can God do? What can God do? What can God do? There is nothing too hard for God. There is nothing that God can't do. There is nothing too hard for God. That's why he wants you to know that he's God and man at the same time. If he can be God and man at the same time, what can he do? I heard from the Holy Ghost. Our patience is killing us. Our patience is messing with us. Oh, God, help me today. The patience that we're lacking. Oh, but what did God say? It is trials that he will allow you to go through so you can obtain patience. Hear me this morning, somebody, because you won't be patient with God and let God work out what he wants to work out in your life. Nothing can stop God. Nothing can stop the plan of God. Nothing can defeat God. Nothing is too hard for God. So when you just wait on God, he will make it work. But if you decide that you don't want to wait for God, he's going to allow persecution. He's going to allow trials. He's going to allow things to come your way so you can have patience. I hear the Lord, I hear the Lord, I hear the Lord. And so when you yourself, when you are not able to do what you used to do, when you're laid up in a hospital, when things aren't working good for you, when you don't have strength, when you feel defeated, when you feel like you can't make it, God is telling me, I have allowed it so you can obtain patience, so you can allow me to do what I need to do. I want to work in your life. I want to show you what I can do. I want to make you into what I called you to be. But you got to have patience. you got to trust me. you got to depend on me. I am the way maker. I am the way maker. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. God is able to do exceeding and abundant, abundant Oh, whatever we can ask or think. Will somebody give him some praise? Will somebody worship him? Will somebody bless his name? The Lord is good. The Lord is great. The Lord is wonderful. The Lord is kind. The Lord is merciful. The Lord is a God. Listen to me, church. 
Be patient with God. Please be patient with God. Please, I'm begging you, be patient with God. Don't abandon God because it's not working right now. Don't abandon God because you don't have no proof right now. Don't abandon God because it's not working right now. God went to the cross for you. God gave his life for you. God will show you his scarred hands. God will show you his side. And so he wants you to be patient with him. He's working it out. He's all-knowing. The Bible calls him omniscient. He's all-knowing. The Bible calls him omnipresent. He's present everywhere all at once. The Bible says he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. There is nothing too hard. Tony, how long you been in this church? How long ago was that? You remember? Tony been in this church, let's say three years. And for three years, Tony been in this church. And in Tony's mind, two or three years, in Tony's mind, I don't really know how to pray. I don't really know how to serve God. I don't really know how to do it right. But he never said that to anybody. For two or three years, he comes to church, and he's trying to be faithful. And some days he don't make it. And other days, you know, we just have struggles that he's battling with. But but in his mind, all he kept saying without telling anybody, all he wants to know, God, I don't know how to do this. I need somebody to help me. I appreciate the preaching that I'm hearing. But, but I need more, God. I need somebody to help me. And it took God two or three years. <laughs> to say, Tony, I'm going to send somebody to you. Tony, I hear the Holy Ghost. I hear the Holy Ghost. I hear the Holy Ghost. Tony got to the place where he was desperate. I heard the Holy Ghost. Tony got to the place where he was desperate. And while he knew he needed some help three years ago, he really didn't have it full going in his spirit. He was just, oh yeah, I can use some help. But as time went on and Tony felt the pressure that he felt, he realized, I really need some help. And as he really felt the pressure of needing help in his own way, he cried out to Jesus and Jesus sent him somebody. Are you feeling the pressure yet? Maybe you're not. And that's why God hasn't come yet. Maybe you're not feeling the pressure the way you need to feel it. And that's why God is not with you yet. But I'm telling you, the day when you throw your hands up and say, God, I'm feeling the pressure. I need the help right now. I need you to get involved right now. I need you to do what needs to be done right now. If you don't come, if you don't do it, I might lose my soul oh hallelujah when you feel like you're on the brink of losing your soul you will cry out to God differently the blessedness of faith the blessedness of faith Um, when Jesus walk this earth. He purposely did things for the disciples to see 
and know who he is, that they could help him as he established his church. There are some examples of Jesus showing the disciples things and doing things with the disciples that we will never have the chance, that we will never have the opportunity to experience. He was doing something then with that group and how he was doing his church. He was doing something then and and they were able to understand and see things. I'm going to help you here today. In Second Peter chapter 1 verse 16, the Bible says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, and his voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. That was the mount of transfiguration. Peter, James, and John was with him at the Mount of Transfiguration. His inner circle, the executive board was with him at Mount Transfiguration. And they were able to see him transfigure before their eyes. Me or you will never get that experience. Me or you will never have that experience. But that don't stop us from receiving the blessings of God. I'm trying to get you somewhere today. God want us to know that it's is a blessing to have seen, have not seen and believe like they did. Another example of them seeing. Acts chapter 1 verse 1. The former treatise have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom? The apostles whom he has chosen. Don't miss that part. To whom? Also, he showed himself alive. You will never see Jesus alive in this time. <laughs> Jesus is on the throne. You know he's alive, but you won't see him face to face in this lifetime, in this earth. You will not see him face to face, but he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Me and you will never get to see Jesus face to face in this lifetime. I know what you're thinking. We'll get there. And so in this lifetime, we will never see him face to face. The apostles saw him face to face. But we will not see him face to face. Face to face. We will never get to see him in person turn water into wine. But the apostles did. We will never get to experience him multiplying the fishes and the loaves of bread in person. But the apostles did. We will not be able to see him from our very own eyes. Eyewitnesses. We will never be eyewitnesses of his resurrection. But the apostles did. But when we have faith without seeing him in person, he says we are more blessed than they are. For, 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 for years we read the Bible and we read about the apostles. And the prophets. And we read about these men and women of God. And we say, whoa, my God. 
Well, I'm here to tell you something today that you have not thought about. And that is you, you, you that have not seen Jesus. You that have not seen the resurrection. You that have not seen water turn to wine. You that wasn't there to see his hands and his side. He says, you are more blessed than they. If you will understand that, uh, just think about it. Just think about it. Just think about it. He showed up for, 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 for Thomas that had no faith. And when he showed up for Thomas, he said, all right, Thomas, I did it for you so you'll have some faith. But all I got to tell you is, that's cool that you saw me and you got some proof. But blessed are they who haven't seen. Blessed are they who could not touch. Blessed are they who did not get to see the print in my side. Blessed are they. So you need to tell yourself, I'm more blessed than Peter is. That that sounds like Bible blasphemy, but I'm telling you what the Bible says. It says, blessed are they. I'll give you you some proof. Of all the disciples who turned apostle, that walked with Jesus, or let me rephrase that. Of all the apostles, who turned disciples that were called apostles, which one did not personally get to see all those things with Jesus? Who did the most? If I could drop the mic, I'd drop the mic for y'all. Because Paul didn't see all of what Peter saw. Paul didn't experience that resurrection. Paul didn't experience none of that stuff. Paul didn't experience it. But, 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 but two-thirds of the New Testament are written by who? So do I need more convincing to give you more convincing that you are more blessed than they were? Do I need to convince you more that you have what it takes and that the power of God is available unto you because of you not seeing but following? Because of you not seeing but obeying? Because of you not seeing and trusting? Do I need to assure you more than that that you are more blessed? Then they that got to see all of that stuff. Oh my God. The power of God is available to you today. John 20, 29 says, the Bible says, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. So you know I'm not just throwing you some kind of good, good, good thought here. You are more blessed than them because you didn't see. You didn't get to touch the prince. You didn't get to touch the side. You didn't get to see the feet with the nail hole in it. You didn't get to see the resurrection. You didn't, you, you didn't, you didn't see that the tomb was open and then all of a sudden you saw Jesus the next day. You didn't get to see that. Peter did. Thomas did. Come on somebody, John did. And so I'm here to tell you, Jesus, and want me to tell you today that you're more blessed because you have not seen and believe. And so today, the proof that you're waiting for, God want me to tell you, stop waiting for that. The proof that you're looking for to say, God, I now know God want me to tell you, forget about it. Because you're more blessed when you trust him when you believe him and not see anything here is the word this morning that he started out the first scripture text reading now faith is the substance of things hoped for i almost entitled the message this 
the evidence, evidence, usually evidence is proof, right? The evidence, so it means there is no proof. Now faith, I'll read it again for you. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things This word is incredible because this is Hebrews I'm reading here to you. And what he said to Thomas was in John. And he said in John, blessed are they who have not seen yet believe. And then he comes back in Hebrews and says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but no evidence. Because he's wanting us to operate that way. He's saying, you don't have to see me to believe me. You don't have to put your finger in my palm to believe me. You don't have to see the hole in my side to believe me. All I want for you to do is believe me without seeing anything. I've given you enough for you to believe me. I've given you enough so you can trust me. But you won't get the nail prints to trust me. You won't get the side to trust me. You won't get the thing in your feet to trust me. I'm asking you to trust me even when you don't have no evidence. I'm asking you to trust me even when you can't see. I'm asking asking you to trust me even when you don't understand. I'm asking you to trust me even when you don't know. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. God, 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 God wants you to trust him without even seeing. God wants you to trust him. He, he, he doesn't want you to hang on to well, I, I, need, I need some more proof. Uh, I'm not going to move until, God, you reveal this to me. And, God, you reveal that to me. Listen, God is wanting you to know today that that's not what this generation of Christians need. He just wants this generation of Christians to believe who he is. And if you believe who he is, you know there's nothing that he can't do. If you believe who he is, then that solution is on its way. If you believe who he is, that resolution, that situation is going to be handled. If you believe who he is, he says, you will be blessed. Blessed are they who have not seen yet believe. God wants us to believe without having that personal experience. He wants us to believe through what we read. He wants us to believe through what is being preached from the Bible. That's where he wants your belief to come from now. Uh, listen, this church, this, this modern day church, it, it has accomplished more than the early church. Trust me, at no time at all, there were 7 billion people on the earth. There was there, no time in history. This is the first time in history we have 7 billion people on the earth. You know what that means? God is doing more because there's more people. So the bottom line is this church, modern day church, is accomplishing more than the church of the earlier age has ever accomplished. 
God is still opening blind eyes. God is still raising the dead. God is still healing the sick. God is still saving people. It just means he's doing more. He's doing more and more. The spirit of God is moving throughout the earth, doing more and more. And so God is trying to get us to understand that he is still doing it. And he's doing it bigger than ever before because there's more people and his return is at hand. And so the apostle Paul showed us that he didn't walk with Jesus and saw all of those things that the others saw, but God used them miraculously. God used them to do more than any of the other apostles ever did. You're part of the greatest organism ever known unto man. You give your life to God. You surrender to God. You repent of your sins. You get baptized in Jesus' name. You surrender your life to God, and you will be part of the most powerful and the greatest organism that ever was known unto man. And so we need to stop and think today, am I a part of this glorious church? The church has been the most powerful force in the earth since its inception, and it still is the most powerful and most blessed organism since its inception. If you haven't seen him but you have believed, you have obtained faith. If you haven't seen him but you have believed, you have obtained it. The Spirit of the Lord is moving in this earth. The Spirit of the Lord is working in this earth. The Spirit of the Lord is doing great things in this earth. God has not stopped doing what he set out to do, and God wants to do something today in your life. In John chapter, 1 John chapter 3 verse 1, it says this, which is what you was thinking when I was saying we never saw certain things. It says in John Chapter 3. Wherefore? Well, behold, let me do this. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us. You don't want me to talk about that, do you? You want me to talk about that? It says. Let's read it again. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us. So it says God has shown us great love, that we should be called the sons of God. So he says he loved us so that we are now called his children, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because... It knew him not. I don't want to be known. I don't want to be known. You don't have to know me. You don't have to know me. I'll, I'll, I'll stay out of the way. You don't have to know me. Because if I'm known by the world, guess what? I must not be the son of God. I must not be the child of God. Because this say, this say, that the world don't know us if we're the sons of God. Because our father, the world didn't know him. So if the world didn't know our father, how is the world going to know his children? Verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. 
But we, sh- but we know that when he shall appear, when he shall appear, when he shall appear, he hasn't appeared yet. He appeared way back then when he came in the flesh and died. So they saw things we will never see until this time. This time hasn't come yet. This time hasn't come yet. We shall be like him. All our struggles. We don't do well with investments. And really, that's what this is kind of like, Miss Joy. Investment. When we invest our life in Jesus, it might seem like we're not gaining any interest. It might seem like it's, we're not gaining more increase quick enough. And I, I, I need to see more results back on my money. I, I need, I need, to, I need to get more, more coming my way, and so we start getting antsy, and we try to look for another investment. Oh, God. And so we're looking for another way to invest, so we can see gain quicker than how we've been seeing it in Jesus. And what did I say to you? The Lord wants us to know that we just have to be patient with Him. He knows what He's doing. And so the the return that you want to see on your investment is not going to come as quick as you would like. But that return rate right there, that return rate right there, Doris, that that return rate right there when it says we shall be like him, you tell me what kind of return rate is that? You tell me what kind of increase is that? That we're going to be like Jesus? We're going to be like him if we just hold on? If we just keep on going, we're going to be like him. If we keep on fighting, we're going to be. We're fighting a battle that's already been won. So you're not fighting to win. The, the, the victory's already won. You're just pushing through so you can keep going and not quit. We shall be like him. For we shall see him as. This is why he said, blessed are they that have not seen and believe. What is Thomas? Holy Ghost. Ah, when the Holy Ghost just, ah, I said, ooh, Holy Ghost. What does Thomas have to look forward to right now? Come on, somebody talk to me. Just think about that. What does Thomas have to look forward to? He done checked everything out already. Ah, Holy Ghost, help me, Jesus. So Thomas done checked everything. Let me see. Let me see your hands. Okay. Wow, that really is you. You came through walls. My Lord. So Thomas got it all. So when Jesus assembled us all together, the church, what Thomas have to look forward to? This is why blessed are they that have not seen yet believe. We have some things to look forward to. We have some things to say, man, I can't wait to see Jesus. We have some things to look forward to to say, oh my God. And we have some things to say, this God that we serve, he is so amazing. Blessed are they that have not seen 
I've got something to look forward to. You've got something to look forward to. We have something to look forward to. Our God, our master, our ruler, our creator. Oh, when we see him, we will be able to see him as he is because we will be like him. It will be a glorious day. It will be a great day. It will be a wonderful day when we come into contact for the final and everlasting time with our God. The blessedness of faith. That faith that you don't have evidence. That faith where you don't have the infallible proof. That faith where you're saying, I read it and that's enough for me. That faith where you will say, I heard it preached. And that's enough for me. That faith that says I heard it taught, that's enough for me. I'm going with that. That's what God is asking us to do today. He is asking us to believe, have faith, to know that Jesus Christ is God and man all at once. That Jesus Christ is the Almighty God manifest. He just wants us to believe that without having the evidence that Peter had, without having the evidence that Thomas had. He wants us to believe today. Will somebody dig deep down today and no longer doubt God? He doesn't want you to doubt him. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to trust him because he wants to show you how good he is to you, how much he loves you. God is wanting to do some amazing thing in our life, but we won't trust him. Church, God has been good to me. And every time I think about God's goodness, it brings tears to my eyes. Because I know I have not been even a smidge close as good to him as he has been to me. And I keep on asking myself, Jesus, why are you so good to me? I don't deserve this kind of goodness. I don't deserve how you've treated me because all of what I should do, I don't believe I've done. And But you keep on being good to me. I ask you little things and you do it for me. I ask you to help me on little things and you do it for me. Things that's minute and probably meaningless to you, Lord. But I ask and you still do it. Why are you so good to me? I believe that all of us in here can look in our life and say, God, you have been good to me. And I want you today to look deep down and say, but what have I done? How have I responded? Have I responded to God's goodness the way I need to? Have I responded to God in faith the way God has treated me? Should I trust Him a little bit more than I've trusted Him? Should I obey Him a little bit more than I have obeyed Him? Should I? Should I? I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. And if you want to be blessed today, why don't you come out of your seat and take a step of faith to this altar and say, God, forgive me. The first thing you ever do when you go before God, when you hear his word, is realize that you have not been the best you God wants you to be. And if you can say to God today, I know I have not been the best me, Lord. Will you forgive me? But I am going to believe even though I don't see. I am going to trust you even though it don't seem like I should. I am going to truly 
obey you even though it don't seem like I should. Somebody hear what the Spirit is saying today. God said, blessed are they who have not seen yet believe. Uh, We never know when we have our final opportunity to hear from Jesus. None of us know when our final time will be of hearing from Jesus. And oh my God, for every opportunity you give us, I want to take full advantage of every opportunity that you have given me. Somebody need to tell God, I want to take advantage of every opportunity you have given me. And so the opportunity that God has given you today to to, to believe without seeing, will you take full advantage? Will you take full, full opportunity of what you are being given today? God wants to answer the question, but he wants you to turn yourself over to him. He wants you to surrender your will so his will can proceed. He wants you to trust him more than you trust yourself. And so today, in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, with every person in this room, uh, that you will look to Jesus right now, right now, uh, that you will look to the Almighty God and say, Jesus, today uh, I turn to you. Uh, I turn from my ways of selfishness. Uh, I turn from my ways of trusting uh, and believing my own ways. Uh, And oh God, I will trust you. Uh, And oh God, I will surrender to you. Uh, And oh God, I will know. That you will make the way. That you will work it out. That you will do it. God, I don't want to have to go through trials and tribulation for me to have patience and trust you. But I want to, Lord God, just trust you. All because you have commanded me to have faith and trust you. Oh God, have your way today in the name of Jesus Christ. Will somebody lift their hands and call on the name of the Lord right now? That before we leave this place. Uh, God will speak to us uh, before we leave this place. Uh, God will give us direction. Uh, oh, I hear. Uh, I hear the voice of God. Uh, he is trying to give direction. Uh, he's trying to speak to you. Uh, he's trying to direct you. Uh, he's trying to give you uh, understanding. Uh, trust in the Lord. Uh, trust in the Lord. Uh, you don't need proof. Uh, you don't need anything else. Uh, you have enough to go on. 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 All that God has revealed to you, it's enough. All that God is showing you, it's enough. All that God has done, it's enough for you to believe without seeing Him in person. Oh God, have your way today uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, have your way today. Uh, Lord, have your way today. Uh, Lord, have your way today. Uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I pray, Almighty God, uh, that you will direct my brother. That you will give him understanding. Uh, I pray today that his life will be changed. Uh, never ever to be the same. Uh, never ever to be the same. Uh, that his life will be transformed. Uh, that his life will be transformed. Uh, and God, he will do what you want to do. Uh, I pray today he will believe uh, without seeing, uh, that he will trust you without knowing. uh, But God, have your way. uh, Have your way. uh, Have your way today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. uh, In the name of Jesus. uh, In the name of Jesus. uh, In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
God has taken you deeper. God has taken you deeper than you've ever gone. He says, I'm taking you deeper than you've ever gone. Ah. God said, the more you trust him, the more, oh yes, the more you trust him, the deeper he will take you. The more you trust him, the more he will reveal to you. And he certainly is taking you someplace. He certainly is leading you someplace in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you'll increase her faith. Increase her faith. Increase her faith, almighty God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, I pray for provision. Lord God, I pray that you will open doors. And I pray that you will make the way out of no way. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God, that you will do a work, Lord God, that will take him higher in you, Lord God. A work, Lord God, that will move in his soul so deeply, Lord God, that Lord Jesus, he will continue to be a testimony unto you. I pray his faith will increase. I pray the will of God will be done. I pray, Father, that you will lead him to the everlasting and that you'll order his steps. Trust in the Lord. 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 Ayala masotoromoho. Itoromo sotoromashata yaradbaha. Yoromo shotoromo satala masotoromoho. Oh God, there's a work going on right now. There's a work that God is doing. Lord, have your way, oh God. I pray your peace that passes all understanding. I pray your joy. I pray for understanding and wisdom. I pray your blessing, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. 